Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I am Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. So wherever you are around the world, whether you're watching us on live stream or listening on podcast, I want to thank you for joining us this week. And uh, I hope that all is well in your world. You know where you are. If you're watching, this is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues, always seeking to walk in real faith as we deal with them and as we grow and share and kind of fellowship it out with all of you as to how we're supposed to live. You know, I I was a guest on a podcast a couple of days ago and, and the interviewer, the host said to me, how do you talk about God and you make him so relatable and it sounds so normal and it, it sounds so different. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I said, I think it's just because I consider myself a normal person. Uh, while I've been in leadership in this sphere for a number of years now, I don't consider myself any different than anybody else. As a matter of fact, I, I, I have a real sniffer for leaders who seem to represent themselves or hold themselves as if they're the only one with the pipeline to Jesus and they're the only one who can get an answer from God and they've achieved some level of perfection that they now have to help the rest of the world achieve. I just don't think that that's true. I, I think that we serve a, a God who deals with all of us and loves all of us in pretty much the same manner in as much as we're all his kids and we can all hear from him if we, if we choose to, you know, and if we choose him. And so whatever you're going through uh, in your life today, this week, uh, recently, I just want you to find that what we offer you here the most is a real deeper identity um, as created by God, you know, and a real deeper and hopefully clearer relationship with your faith and with Jesus and the God that we love and hope that we're living examples of. Um, so joining me on Girl Club today is um, 
my tribe regular through thick and thin, through so many things, through my shows on TBN, and uh, which you can find on uh, CynthiaGarrett.org and um, through through a lot of stuff that this ministry actually has uh, really desired to offer to all of you. Um, Christina Reynolds is much more than my sidekick on the sessions. She's a regular here on Girl Club and she's a very talented singer, songwriter. Um, she's a powerful teacher. She's a great mom. She's a great wife and she's a great friend. And um, I'm always happy to be hanging with my sister. So it is the two of us today here on Girl Club. And uh, we may have a pop-in surprise guest. I don't know. But what's up, Christina? <laughs> Good morning. It's so Good to be back together. <laughs> I know it is. It is. It really is. It's like uh, for those of you who've been with us, you know, we've had um, a couple of weeks where um, I've been teaching alone as, so that everybody could kind of deal with the summer and get their start their kids getting transitioned back to school and stuff. And so anyway, as everyone is um, logging in, Christina, I want to uh, do a little bit of business. Hi, Mommy Berry. Hi to all of you guys all around the world. Uh, popping in and sending messages. For all of you, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share us. Um, help us grow because uh, that's what we want to do. We want to grow and we want more people to be able to become a part of Girl Club, male and female. Uh, we are called Girl Club because we are looking at the world through decidedly feminine eyeballs, but um, men are welcome. And I love to hear the male perspective. And um, yeah, I do think we're different. I do think women process things differently than men, but the men who are a part of um, this podcast every week uh, are so great because I think the reason you're here is because you actually value understanding a perspective that comes from a group of women. Um, you should anyway. So I just want to do a little bit of business. Um, so we've got a little bit of a giveaway for all of you. Um, if you want to know more about your true identity, and we've been talking about identity and things relevant to identity in the last few weeks. And um, Christina, you and I kind of started this. So I'm happy we get to kind of pick up here today. But um, I want to, and I often refer to it, but in my book, Prodigal Daughter, I have developed a chapter of identity affirmations taken from the Bible that actually give you sort of a quick explanation of what scripture says about who you are and what your life is supposed to be like in Christ and what your faith looks like and, and the power of your life. If you understand, you know, what these scriptures mean. And it's very simple. I put it together. Um, so we're doing a giveaway of these identity affirmations and I'd love for you to get yours free. Uh, there's a link in bio that'll take you there and tell you all things you need to learn. The other thing is that, as you know, we have these lovely girl club mugs available. See, there you go. Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. And uh, it is for spiritual chicks on the go. And that's who we are. We are real, real girls having real talk about real issues, seeking to apply real faith. So these are for you. But we also have a new one. Um, Christina, I don't know. There was one time where we were talking about being a breakthrough assassin. And so I just uh, commented in our private chat saying, we need breakthrough assassin mugs. Exactly. And Anna was like, we have them. What? Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. So Anna, you got to make sure we get uh, all the girls breakthrough assassin mugs. And for all of you, um, you know, pick up a mug. You know, it's a simple little thing, but the 
proceeds kind of uh, go to support what we're doing here. And we want all of you to be breakthrough assassins. And just so you know, my definition is of a breakthrough assassin is put that back up on screen, Anna, so I can make sure to get it correctly. Um, So what is a breakthrough assassin? Well, that is the kind of person that totally annihilates the enemy with the power of her faith and the prayer relationship that she has with Jesus. So um, that's from us to all of you. And um, we also have a little campaign that will be going on. I think it's just going to be going on forever called um, Buy CGM a Coffee and Support Our Work. So um, CGM being Cynthia Garrett Ministries. Um, any any sort of amount that you choose to spend on buying us a cup of coffee really translates to dollars that we get to spend here at the ministry to grow what we're doing, to expand our reach, to um, begin to buy um, national airtime, which is um, on our horizon. Um, There are places like, oh my goodness gracious, like The Fish and and so many wonderful Christian um, national radio platforms that we'd love to take the program to. And those doors are opening and we need your support to make that happen. So, Buy me, Nova, Christina, and Christina a cup of coffee and all of our guests and uh, support the work that we're doing here. And so now, Christina, I want (laughs) to dive in. I want to dive in because I don't understand how we keep coming back to identity in some form, but, and and there's some, Teresa Lockwood uh, just popped in a comment saying, I need to annihilate the enemy. Yes, girl, we all need to annihilate the enemy. Um, and that begins by knowing that we do have an enemy who really wants us to have really bad, crappy days and, you know, who wants us to really not like other people um, and who really <laughs> wants us to not like ourselves. Yeah. I mean, right. And, and, and I, yeah. And, and all of that is really against our identity because that's not what we were created to be. You know, we're created to be people who love other people. We're created to be people who move in wisdom, even if that wisdom is, okay, it's time to set boundaries in this situation or in this relationship. We're called to be, you know, an example of Christ on earth. And more than anything, I think that, you know, the calling of the church to be what it is as an example of of the kingdom of God is the biggest calling, you know, that we have, because in that calling, we make disciples, we make believers, we save souls. And I think we've dropped the ball in a lot of ways on that. And um, so I know it's a deeply personal work that each of us has to do every day in order for it to even become a work that spreads out through your home, your community, the body of Christ, you know, the nations around the world. But Christina, I just kind of love to know why you think it just it always keeps coming back to identity, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, it's like the foundation, you know what I'm saying? And like, I mean, I feel like our there's so much to our identity for one. Like we are only, we only truly find ourselves when we look to Christ. We can only find ourselves within Christ, the fullness, the wholeness, every layer, every, every intricate detail, every, you know, beautiful difference in each and every one of us and how we express Christ, you know? And so for one, when we are truly walking in our identity, we, we are the greatest testimony of who Jesus is to the, to the world around us, you know? So I see it everywhere in our society and our culture right now, where 
identity, even from like the womb, whether it's, there's so many, there's so much confusion surrounding identity. And I just see, it's just, it's very, it's a very smart tactic of the enemy. If we get confused about ourselves, then it just blurs and muddies up the the beautiful aspect of Christ that we get to shine to the world, you know? And yeah, it's funny that you're talking about identity right now because um, it, it, it's such a, it's such a journey. And I think like, you know, now that I'm in my thirties, when I was in my twenties, I literally had no clue who I was. And I was like, who am I? Who am I? I remember I'd be having right. conversations with Cynthia Roger, like, I don't know who I am. Like, it's, it's all right. You know, like just start with your child of God and it's going to take time. But I'm realizing now, like, you know, I really want to know who I was when I was 20. Now I'm in my 30s and I'm like, I know who I'm not. I'm still starting to discover more of who I am. But I'm trying to to change my mindset from going, I still don't know who I am. I can't wait till I'm 50 so I can just be like, I don't care what anyone says about me. But now I'm going, oh, my gosh, if if to like know myself more is to actually discover more of Christ then will we ever truly know ourselves until like we meet and we'll continue to discover more about the Lord will shine light to who we are, you know? So I'm trying to see this as an exciting adventure of discovery. As I discover Christ, I discover more about myself, but I do feel that tension and that war against my identity. Even now, like as a woman, as you know, you see it against children against, it's just, it's, it's insane. Yeah, no, totally. And and I know it, politically correct or not. I mean, you, you you know, you mentioned it even now as a woman. I I get really upset with the whole uh, the whole, you know, transgender movement. To me, it's like I love everybody, right? I support everybody. But I don't support marginalizing anyone else in order for you to walk around and tell us what your truth is. And we're women, you know, women shouldn't be marginalized and, and told that, you know, men can be us because being born as us is a really unique journey. And it's full of a lot of emotional things that are unique to being born with ovaries and a vagina and breasts. I mean, it, it, it is, I mean, there's (laughs) getting comfortable in your own skin as a woman is something that you begin to struggle with, um, as you struggle with identity from day one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we get comfortable in it at different times, you know, in our lives and different seasons. And, but there's always something going on with that. And I, I, you know, I think that there is such an awesome and huge attack on the world, on male and female uh, today uh, in, in the area of identity. And, and you mentioned, you know, the struggle in that. And I think about, you know, where the enemy can come in and how he can steal our identity occurs really strongly in the seasons of struggle, the seasons of transition, you know, the seasons where we're waiting on something or we're in a, we feel like we're in a wilderness, right? And yeah. yeah, and it's like, okay, that's where we're sort of like, you know, if, if we're out there alone, um, we're we're prey, you know, we are prey. And if you literally think of, I mean, and I love this because I, I, I have spent a lot of time preaching in South Africa. And one of the most beautiful things that someone 
illustrated to me in South Africa one year was how, you know, if you look at a herd of animals on a safari and we were on a safari, um, you notice that the animals track really tightly together and the little ones are usually packed in there with the bigger ones, with the mom, with the dad, what have you. And so when there's a lion or, you know, a predator animal, uh, it, it doesn't, it can't easily attack, you know, it can't attack a group that's linked together going, you know, in the same direction in common purpose. It's the little straggler. It's the one that's out there by itself. The one that's lagging behind. It's that one that's literally out in the open, spiritually weak and is the easiest victim to pick off and pray on. And I think about that in terms of our spiritual walk, because, you know, it's the truth of, it's, it's the truth, you know, it's the truth of, of our life and our walk. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, this kind of made me want to, you know, answer a couple of uh, questions that have come up that I find really interesting. And, and it, it, some stuff that came from you guys last week, um, in the last couple of weeks. And, and since we're here, Christine, I'd love to deal with this one. Cause I know you thought also, wow, that's a powerful question, but P new asks a question about those protracted phases, right? So in a protracted phase of fruitlessness or barrenness, how can one clarify that pr- the, that if it's still God doing pruning or if the enemy is actually, you know, doing something. So um, kind of to read the question and it's how can one clarify if it's God still pruning or the enemy blockading us or one? Um, And that is a really good question because I think a lot of times when you feel like, okay, I've been in this wilderness a long time or I've been in this transition a long time and I recognize pruning because we've spent some time talking about pruning, right? And how pruning actually helps us get to identity. Like, you know, you don't even know who you are until God prunes all of who you're not off of you. And that's really beautiful about what you said a minute ago. You, you may, in your twenties, you wanted to know who you were. Now you're in your thirties and you know a lot more about who you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's some pruning. You know, you, you know, yeah. the rose, what kind of roses they are that's blossoming in the garden of Christina Reynolds may still not be totally identifiable, but you know that they're roses. They're not, you know, thorns or daisies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'd love yeah. to, I'd just love to hear your take on this, you know, because I've, look, I think we all question when we're, we, we feel like we're in a wilderness or a transition moment. And it's like, okay, I recognize that God's pruning me, but then there's this point where you go, okay, is God still pruning me? Or is the enemy just like blocking me and wreaking havoc in my life? Right. Right. That is such a good question because I've definitely felt that, you know, through different seasons of, of my life. Um, something that I would like to just like talk about real quick because she had she was talking about a season of fruitlessness or barrenness and I'd like to just change maybe switch out a word there and because for one I believe that even when we can't see things going on in the natural God is always producing something underneath you know maybe it's not we can't taste it or or we can't like feel it we don't have the evidence of it in our physical 
ability to understand that, but there's always something that he's doing underneath. And a really good friend, like older sister of mine, we met with her the other day and she was like, she's like, you know, maybe it's less about the, uh, a season of death, but it's more of this season of sewing and dormancy, mm. you know, like in, so in the mm. right around like late fall or whatever, the, or actually, no, it happens twice, if, twice a year. But if you live in a, in a, in a place where there's seasons, which I live in the Midwest, um, the grass will go dormant at a certain point. And like a lot of people will like freak out, like, let's say right around, like when it gets to the peak of summer, everyone's like, okay, we got to water our grass. We gotta, but it is like a hundred degrees. Like it's, unless you're going to spend a thousand dollars on water, you know, you're not going to have green grass and actually your grass isn't dying. It's actually going dormant. And that's actually how it protects itself. And the ones comes, comes fall, it starts turning all green. It's lush. It's beautiful. And, and, um, and I just love that she brought up this word dormancy because to me, I've been clinging to this idea of like, yes, barrenness, fruitlessness. There's nothing, there's death. He's trying to kill me. I'm dying. I'm dying to a degree. Yes. There's certain parts of me that are dying. Cause like you said, the pruning of cutting off the things that are not me. But at the same time, she's also talking about like this aspect of sewing and dormancy. Mm-hmm. You can't like on the surface, you don't see anything that's happening, but in the right time, then life begins to sprout. Things start to grow and like bloom. Yeah. And it, it's really about a seasonal timing and like what's really going underneath the surface. So first of I, I just want to maybe like switch out that word because I think fruitlessness is really, really subjective to like our human understanding. Cause I don't think God is ever fruitless in anything that he's doing. So if you are surrendered to him and you are inviting him into the conversation in this barrenness season, there's no Mm. way, literally no way in hell that you can be fruitless Mm. if you're doing that one thing. So I think also when I was younger, I used to think, Oh, it's an attack. Oh, all these horrible things are happening. You know, whatever, whatever. And then I started after talking to like Cynthia and Roger or like wow. talking to like old like people who are more mature in the faith, you know, something that Cynthia, you always say is like rejection is sometimes God's biggest form of protection. Yeah. And and, and yeah. when we think like, ah, oh, doors are closing, the enemy's like attacking, like, mm-hmm. yes, he does attack. But like, but a lot of the times, like, I think our lives are guided and things are allowed to happen because the Lord is directing us in a way, you know, so like even another, you know, Proverbs acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will make your path straight. I think there's definitely a point. Yeah. The enemy can try to attack you, but like when you are hidden in him, his attacks are worthless. They don't have, I think we glorify the attack of the enemy way too much than, than, than the power of God to sustain and lead and direct your life. So Mm. I think, Preach. It's more of a mindset shift that I didn't get until I was older because I was thinking either it's like the enemy is against me or like, you know, I it, it's I think it's a little bit different than that, at least for me and my puny little like Christian existence. Like yeah. I'm sure there's people out on the battlefield like, you know, fighting the cartel and like the enemy really is like demonically coming in like, you know, but for me where I'm at in my life and I don't know, it may be different for you. I'm like, huh. I don't know if I should be exalting the enemy so much, but more mm. going, okay, what am I supposed mm. to be learning in this season? Mm. That's just from like a little kid from like in my thirties. I don't know. It's so, but it, yeah. I think it's completely, it's, I think it's total wisdom. 
And, you know, it's funny, you know who R.T. Kendall is, right? The great Bible scholar, R.T. Kendall. Yeah, it, it, for for those of you who, um, if you go to CynthiaGarrett.org and you check out some of the sessions, R.T. has been a guest of mine a few times. He's an incredible Bible scholar who is very well known. I mean, he's American, but he's incredibly well known and respected all over the world, especially in England, because he was the Queen's uh, pastor, chaplain for many, many, many years. So he's a big deal. And he always says two things. Number one, Christians don't read their Bible and they need to. That's why they're perishing every day because they don't read their Bible. And the second thing he says is we give the enemy too much airtime. We need to start, we need to, we need to really focus on how God beats the enemy all the time. And that is so true because it's almost like, Okay, so the Bible also says, for lack of vision, uh, people perish, right? Well, if the only thing we ever talk about is what the, how the enemy attacks us, what vision are we casting for our lives and our children? But if all we ever talk about is how God constantly overcomes an attack that occurred, the vision that we're casting is of a glorious, overcoming, all-powerful, all-knowing God who loves us right. and I mean, right. it's so deep what you said, because I, I mean, I'm, look, I've been guilty of this myself and not focusing enough on what God can do, will do, and has already done countless times before anyway, you know? Me too. And, That's why I'm saying it. I am yeah. so I like just yesterday or just, this, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. That's the only reason why I'm saying it. I'm, I'm the worst at, at overly focusing on the negative and going, oh, you know what I mean? It's. Anyways, it's, it's a bad habit. Yeah, no, it is a bad, it is a bad habit. And it, it honestly, and it's not just a spiritual, you know, or a, a spiritual habit. It's just a habit. I mean, look at the nation that we live in, right? I mean, come on. I mean, if we're to be reasonable and look at politics in America today, it's all about focusing on the negative. I mean, I'm sick to death of the negative on television constantly from both sides. You know, it's like, it's negative on the right. It's negative on the left. Uh, you know, I happen, I happen to be a conservative. So I, I tend to want, I tend to see a lot of believers as more conservative. And I do think that it is a conservative trait, or it's a, it's certainly a Christian trait to not want to be called a negative Nancy. Like we know we're supposed to be uplifting people and raising vibrations in culture. And, you know, we walk in the room and the rooms change and atmospheres shift. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be like, you know, right. As believers. But the reality is, you know, I mean, I look a lot on the, on the left, you know, our current administration, and I see more negativity than I did before, certainly as much, if not more, and it only brings division, you know? So it's, it, and it's not God, you know, it's not God. So anyway, I, I mean, I definitely think that all of the negativity and the division and the voices that enter our head and that enter our day, all of these like divisive, destructive negative scenarios are really about the enemy claiming a foothold in our life and just keeping us focused on him. And eventually we're, we're making covenant with him because we're partnering with those words. Oh, the nation's going to fall. 
oh, um, you know, we're in a, we're going to have an economic collapse. Oh, I'm not saying be stupid. You know, I I mean, there's no way in heck I would sit here and say, oh, gas prices are great. And I just love the economy is in such a wonderful place. No, there are things going on. But the flip side is in those things going on, we've got to still talk about the God that overcomes the God Mm -hmm. that saves the God that provides. Right. You know, and, 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 and which kind of takes me someplace interesting, you know, I've been studying the name of God, you know, and it, and it was really big part of the sermon yesterday in church, you know, the name of God, we really don't understand the power of the name of Jesus, because if we did, I believe that when we use it, we would be using it from a place of our entire life rooted and lived in the knowledge of the power of God, who he is, how he heals, how he delivers. And so therefore, when we speak to a situation, healing or life or deliverance, we're speaking from being rooted in a place of faith, like real knowledgeable faith. And that's when the power of God in his name can really go forth in the way that it's supposed to. I think there's, and I don't, I don't quite know how to, you know, I want to, I want to really talk about this and explain this at some point. Um, But I, but trying to give you a quick synopsis, I think if I say, you know, okay, well in Jesus name, Lord, please provide. That's one thing. But if I know that God is a provider, if I know that God's always provided for me, if I know that he loves me, I'm his daughter then when I say, okay, Lord Jesus, please provide, it's it's coming from a different place. You know, there's a different mm-hmm. connection point, I believe, of releasing his power in my life. And, you know, there's another question that came in um, from Salombra. Um, and, and I think this is a great question. And I'd love to get your take on this too, Christina. Um does pruning mean that God can't still use us in the same way to be a blessing to others? I don't mind being pruned. I just want to make sure I'm being used going through the process. I, I mean, I do, I'm doing a hallelujah dance around this question because I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like, like if I got to go through this, please let it be a blessing to somebody. Please let someone observe my journey and be, you know, motivated and inspired from it. Um, yeah. What do you think about this one? Hmm. Okay. So I'm seeing that she's saying, does it mean that God still can't use us in the same way? Cause I think she's talking about like it be, being changed. Can, can you still be used in the same way? This is actually, this is great. Actually. I was just talking same conversation with another big sister in, in like in the spirit. And, you know, I don't think that pruning means that anything from our core of how God made us gets taken away. I think the pruning is just like you said, Cynthia, like things that are good or things that are bad, things that are good, that are not the best for you, that still hold you back from the fullness of who you are. Or like, maybe like, okay, you should not say the F word all the time. Okay. We're going to cut that one off. You know what I mean? Stuff like (laughs) that. But like, I don't think it changes like the essence of who you are, Salombra. It doesn't change the essence of how you bless others. I think that, Honestly, 
um, I think that just, it, it may express itself differently now. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe it was expressing itself in like a lesser way. And now without certain things, you can fully express it and it's going to change because we're going to constantly get pruned. I just have given yeah. in. I've just surrendered to the fact that I'm going to constantly get pruned. Yeah. I'm going to go through the cycles of, of change and transition because if I'm not, then I'm not growing. That just, that's, that's completely opposite of who God is as a leader and as a father. Yeah. So no, I, I, I don't think, I think in every, every season we can be a blessing. It's just not going to look the same. I'm currently in a very dying dormant. Like I was just talking to my husband. I was like, or I was talking, I was just like, I, I feel like I do feel like a Debbie Downer. Cause I don't feel like I can just slap a Bible verse on these emotions and just say, it's going to be okay. Like I know that God is going to be okay, but I feel the depths right now. And I was, and I was like, I, I don't even know if I can not be real with my little sisters in Christ. And like, I am real. And fortunately they're, they're impacted by it. And they're giving this dose of like, ah, oh, that actually really resonates with me. And I, it's, I guess it's okay. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't matter what season, whether you're on the heights or you're in the depths, if you're clinging to Jesus, that is going to bless people, all different types of people. So don't yeah. worry. I don't even worry about that. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's not that he can't still use us in the same way. I think he's going to use us more and in greater oh, ways. Uh, and I, yeah. And I think pruning you know, pruning is so critical to our identity because the more that he prunes away what we're not, the more he can use what we are and we can blossom into what we are. And mm -hmm. the power, you know, the power that any person will ever walk in has everything to do with them walking in their God-given, God-created identity, period. No matter how you try to change it, rename it, reword it, reclassify it. You will never walk in the same power as if you figure out your true and authentic identity as created by God in Christ Jesus. I mean, I'll just let you, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just right there, you know, it's just right. right there. And people try on a lot of different identities they try on a lot of different shoes. They try on a lot of different clothes. They try on a lot of different makeup and hairstyles, but they try things on in my, you know, in my experience, the trying on is sort of this desperate attempt to try on everything to be something that you're not quite sure about. Like you're just trying to figure out who you are. And I don't know why people try on everything, but Jesus but it's like, eventually you're going to have tried on everything and you're going to be at the end of yourself and you're going to be at everything, at the end of everything the world offers you to try on and you go and try Jesus. And if you don't, you're just going to perish. And I mean, and it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I see it, see it constantly. Yeah. And that, and that grasping for identity. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm just like in the, in the world that we live in and you see like just the, the messages that are being you know, trumped out there is like, be you, like, be whatever you want to be, which, you know, there is, there is, there is actual truth to these words, but the way that they're taken and the way that they're like fulfilled and like satisfied is just like, so it's like, it can, it's like, you can only get this deep. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. You can, I, I, you know, I'm really into the Harajuku like Japanese style. This is who I am. Like I dress this way, but that's still so like, right. There's so much more to you that, that you actually won't be able to, you can only go so far without him. And that's why a lot of these people are still like really depressed. And that's the other thing I think as if when you're in pruning and when you're in kind of going through this confusion of like, well, if that wasn't who I was and like, who am I? And it's like the lack of identity only leads to despair and uh, depression. Totally. Not having a foundation of even. Totally. And I don't, I don't even know if it goes down, if it even comes down to like, does anyone love me? I don't even know if it's even that just not knowing who you are is really depressing. It's like the lifelong goal of people is to know who am I? Like what purpose do I even serve on this earth? You know what I mean? And you see it all through social media. You see it on like the toxic side of TikTok and the positive side of TikTok. And you're seeing this, like, it's like people grasping the air for something to give them value and meaning. And it's like, ah, Right. There's so much more like in Jesus yeah. that yeah. more than like what you look like on the outside or how you're going to fight to save the whales. I don't know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I get it. You know, people look, I get aligning yourself with a good cause to feel like you've got some purpose or significance in life. I get that, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and that's, that's a, that's one good step you can take. Right. But the reality is, though, that there's a fullness uh, inside. There's a happiness that uh, and there's a depth of, I think, victory that just can't be reached unless you realize that the alignment of your identity has to be with deeper things, you know, that are found Mm -hmm. that are found in, in much different ways than we think, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, right. There's another, there's another question. I want to make sure to get to this one too. Um, you know, we've been talking about identity and really the loss of identity and the struggle to maintain identity in specifically in seasons of transition and change, you know, uh, seasons where we feel like we're not productive and we feel kind of barren, um, fruit, fruitless, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 before I take this next question, I do want to go back to what you said about our understanding of barrenness and fruitlessness is not the same as God's. And I love, Mm -hmm. love what you said about how grass goes dormant. And, you know, it's the same thing with the example I gave of, you know, my hydrangeas, you know, like, I mean, I didn't even know what they were until I cut them all down. (laughs) And then they came back with blossoms and flowers on them. And now I can't wait to prune them again because I know they're going to come back even better next season. And, and I didn't know what they were when I cut them all down. They were just dead sticks. And I figured I'd have to, you know, now that they were short and they were dead sticks, I would just dig them up, you know, in the spring and I would plant, you know, other flowers or something. And then all of a sudden they come back and they are flowers. Like I mean, they're huge. Did you show them? Pictures I mean, at least. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> no, I know. No, actually, I actually, I should probably, I should, I should take some pictures and share them. They really are huge, but no, because I mean, they're, they're like, they're yes. like bushes. Cause I have a hydrangea that has been dying and I've been slowly been like snipping and it's, they're nothing like yours. Yours are huge. 
know so, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. And I, all I did was cut them down and prune them because I didn't know what they were. And that is such, I think that's what sparked this whole conversation in me. It was just dialoguing with your husband, CJ, when you guys were here visiting about like, isn't that deep? You cut them yeah. down. You didn't even know what they were until they, right. until they were pruned. Like, come on. I mean, how God is all of this stuff? Like, really? Like, yeah. he's not, you know, it's us being us looking dormant or looking like we're in a season of fruitlessness may be because underneath the surface, God is preparing to blossom an entire garden of purpose, power, impact, victory in your life. And I think that's a word for a lot of you out there. Like, don't look at this season that you're in and think that nothing is going on underneath the surface. Mm. God's getting ready to just explode, you know, through you. So don't give up, you know? I'm literally feeling (laughs) that is such a word. And it's, I know it's not just for me. It's like so many people that I'm talking to right now and I'm friends with like are are on the cusp where it's like, but nothing, like nothing, like when God, when, and it's gets so disheartening. It's really hard to slip into, to allow disappointment to slip into despair. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, and we've talked a lot over like a couple different girl clubs about having hope. What is hope? You know, you know, joyful expectation of something that's good. And I honestly was crying yesterday with the Lord. I like something happened. You know, sometimes you just have these emotions that are kind of building up. You're like, no, it's okay. I have to function. I have to take care of my children. I need to like get stuff done. I can't deal with this right now. You know, something happened in my family. I just exploded. That's what was coming up. I was that exact, like, I don't see anything like when. And it's like, this conversation is so necessary because it's not just me. I know it's like so many different people out there who are feeling it, who need to know, don't give up keep if like it I think of Misty Edwards she's a worship leader who sings this she sings this little this little phrase she sings if I don't quit I win Mm. so don't give up don't give in if I don't quit I win so I just Mm. want a second what you're saying is just don't quit don't do it I'm telling myself don't quit just keep going I love what you're saying because I was watching a documentary last night. Okay. So like, listen, guys, we're big, big sports people in my house, basketball. I mean, I love, we love basketball, but we love all, we love all things sports. We love sports documentaries. Uh, We love learning about the struggle that athletes go through to become most times what nobody thought they could become. Like, I mean, yeah. Tom, I'm getting ready to watch Tom Brady's story. I mean, like, you know, Tom Brady was, was not like a football player anybody wanted, you know, who knew in his season of fruitlessness that he was going to become the greatest, you know, quarterback of all time. Like, I mean, there these stories, I love these stories because they're, to me, they're modern day biblical stories. Like you look at our, you look at the Bible and it's full of people, like it's full of warriors mm-hmm. like this, you know, it's full of athletes. I think it's why Paul uses you know, soldiers um, as yeah. examples and athletes and athletics mm-hmm. many times as examples, because like this kind of preparation is, it's very easy to understand and see, you know, preparation, sacrifice, dormant, barren, fruitlessness. And then all of a sudden, you know, the tree, you know, comes forth and it's like, whoa, it's the greatest warrior in the game. 
But, um, mm. you know, uh, there's a, there's a question um, that Pinu asked also. Um, she wrote in, how do you stay focused on eternal life? And this is a big one, right? How do you stay focused on eternal life without copping out of the responsibility that we have to shift culture here on earth? I love this question mm. because it's like, we do have a responsibility to shift culture here on earth, but I think that it is our focus on eternal life that mm -hmm. actually fulfills that responsibility. So we don't have yeah. to do anything. We just have to stay focused on Jesus, God, the word of God, our eternal life, because God's interested in the, in our eternity much more than he's interested in whether or not we become successful here. But in us locking into a real interest to spend eternity with Christ, we're going to live a certain way. We're going to walk a certain way. Our faith is going to look a certain way. And our walk is way more powerful and important than our talk. So yeah. if I look like someone who's des definitely going to spend eternity with God, then I guarantee you um, I'm making an impact on the earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that so is so wonderful. Okay, but I, I actually understand her question because mm -hmm. I went to Bible school when I was mm -hmm. a little 20-year-old <laughs> and like being around <laughs> a lot of like really zealous like and also being part of like an organization that is really focused on like contemplation, prayer, solitude, yeah. like, you know, taking in like that aspect of, of the faith. Like I totally get what you're saying because I did experience – and have experienced myself like going through that, like, well, if I just want to be with Jesus and I just want to love Jesus, then I should just be like in prayer all the time and never and like completely disassociate from like the real world, you know, and you're like youthful zeal. You're like, well, I'm just going to be like a monk or something and like go pray all the time and then and worship all the time and only talk to him. And like and, and, and that's and that's how I'm expressing my like dedication to Jesus. But let me tell you, you don't really see that as you like, grow yeah. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I do get that, that copping out to like, I, I think also, honestly, Cynthia, there, I have experienced and met people, I think who are like, oh, but they're, but they're gay. So like, I probably shouldn't even just shouldn't even talk to them or, oh, but they're like not walking the Lord. So I should, you know, there is there, yeah. I think there is immaturity within, um, Christianity in, in some parts right. where, where, where there is a like, oh, I can't even associate with sinners, sinners, people who have not surrendered to Christ because mm. then I would be tainted by the world. And that's, that's just a really immature way of thinking. So right. I do understand what you're saying by copying out. Oh, well, I'm so focused on eternity that, you know, I'm not going to say hi to this person who like has like the pride flag in their, in their yard because, or, or, you know, or like, who's like, pro or like pro-choice because, you know, like we're also, yeah, I don't know. I, I know you have thoughts about Cynthia, but you get yeah. what I'm saying, right? I mean, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's like being so, so, um, heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Like, yeah. like, like we, our focus and the way we live our life is on eternity. But if that's the case, you would never miss an opportunity to be in relationship with someone who's different than you. You know, what, yeah. what if I'm, what if I'm the only person in, in, in my circle who ever shares Christ with my gay friends? I mean, I do have friends and I know I'm the only person in, in, in their life who shares Jesus. 
and I share Jesus's love, I also share his truth. You know, we can have hard conversations about his truth. Why? Because I'm in relationship with them. Because because I've put in time. My love has been spelled T-I-M-E. I don't just talk at them and preach at them. I walk with them and 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 ask about who they are. And well, why do you feel this way? Why do you believe this? Everybody deserves the dignity of their journey. And I have to believe that if God created all of us, and I believe that he did, all of us, sinners and, and the perfectly righteous, <laughs> they don't exist, but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, believers and unbelievers. If God created all the heavens and the earth, and I believe that he did, then everyone's journey and the journey of everything is to him. It's to him. So if that's the case, as I'm journeying to him, I think it's wise of me to look left and right at those other people who may or may not know that they're journeying to him and to be a light. I mean, come on, Jesus said it, be the light that shines in the darkness. Nobody puts a lamp, you know, a cover over a light. I mean, where are we supposed to shine if not in the darkness? Right. You know, and so, yeah, I definitely, I think that, I think that if you really understand what your focus on eternal life is, then mm -hmm. you, uh, you will understand that there's no way that you should be or will be copping out on the responsibility that you have to shift culture here on earth. Even if it, even if God's just saying to you, Hey, pray partner in prayer with me about the culture around you. I think a lot of Christians, they, they've just, I don't know, man. I, I, instead of putting your words on people, put your prayers on people that mm -hmm. I, that'll shift culture. You know, yeah. my son told me that in college. He's like, you know, sometimes mom, you know, you're just supposed to pray. Just mm -hmm. pray for people. I mean, it's powerful. I, and, right. And I love what you said, Cynthia, about just it, your actions really do speak louder than words. Like, I don't know if it was, oh, was it St. John of Assisi or someone who said, you know, preach the gospel at all times and every, and at the right time or certain times, I'm butchering this, sorry guys, but, and, and at, and sometimes use words talking yeah. about your life. Like I've, I, I think, okay, I have two thoughts. So yes, loving people, spending time with them, like, um, also being young and zealous, I used to think that evangelism was like, where do you think, you know, you see like the people on, on the street and I, that's value. That's valid and valuable too. Like going up to random strangers and saying, you know, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Things like that. And like, it, you know, and, and um, starting conversations about eternity and this and that, whatever. I think that's great if you want to do that. But I have found that the greatest testimony of Jesus has come through what you're saying since you had time spent with people loving people, serving them, just being yourself around them. If you are focused on eternity, like that is going to shine through. I don't think you guys realize, like, I think I've told this story before. Like me and my husband went to go visit a church to talk to the pastor about this project we were doing with orphans and wanted to like see if they wanted to jump in. And, and, and you know what he said? He said, you know what? Are you guys like part of the house of prayer? And we're like, yeah. And he was like, 
I mean, I just knew it because you guys have so much peace and joy. Mm. And, I, and here's the thing. We, we, we went there. I was angry at my husband. We were fighting. We were not having a good day. We didn't feel in the moment like we had peace and joy. But he was like, he was like every time I meet people from the house of prayer, they always emanate peace and joy. So like, you don't know what kind of, what fruits of the spirit you're giving off, even on your worst days, you have no idea how you're impacting, you know, your, your barista at Starbucks or like, you know, the guy at the drive-thru. I don't know. Like, you don't like, you don't, I think that really freed me because I, I used to be like, I'm not an evangelist. No, never. But it's not because I have to like, okay, this is exactly how I walk them through salvation prayer. And this is how I like lead them. No, like, like the Lord really leads. And a lot of the time it's just at smiling, asking them what, you know, the, your cashier lady at the grocery store, like talk to them. I always, I love nails. So like, I'm all over like nail designs. I'm constantly like, ah, oh, I love your nails. Always sparks a conversation, yeah. you know, like, or like, yeah. it's like, it's amazing how people just want to connect. Yeah, you know, they just want to like be noticed, and like in that, like yeah. that does so much. Isn't it? Human. Isn't it crazy? What like what you just said is so deep. People just want to be noticed. They just want to be. Mm-hmm. They want to connect in this age of social media, where there feels like you can be connected to the whole world. Right. Mm-hmm. I. Th- think we all feel less connected than ever before. Oh, so I true. think we all feel less validated than ever before. I think <gasps> things are faker than ever before, totally. you know, cause social media is all fake. You know, listen, last night we, we, my son um, had us watch this documentary, uh, the Tinder, the Tinder. Oh, the Tinder swindler. The Tinder swindler, right? And I was like, "Is that it?" I know. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, yes. The Tinder <laughs> swindler, and I was blown away because I'm watching this going, "Homeboy, it was a total fraud. Everything, you know, the clothes that he dro- that he wore, he was wearing from money he was stealing, you know, from people. The love that he was telling some chick that he had for her." was a lie in order to abuse her and use her and steal her identity, her money. Mm. Like he was just a liar and it was all a fake. And the validation that these women thought they were getting, the love Mm. they thought they were getting wasn't real. And it's so interesting to me because I think social media is such a perpetrator of fraud on all of us and fraud is the greatest form of identity theft because no one feels comfortable to be authentically who they are when they're looking at this fake facade of who everyone else says that they are you know Mm -hmm. um how do you feel good being normal person living normal life having normal day when you're looking at like, you know, someone like Kim Kardashian living abnormal life with a fake body, you know, and having days that look like, you know, you'll never have for the rest of your life. It, it, it's just very, very damaging and sick, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, sick. Yeah. It's actually, and I feel what's, Oh, is who is it? 
it's, I think it's like this celebrity or she's an actor called Emma Chamberlain. I, do you know who she is? Like she's been like really vocal on social media about just like this, this fake, uh, like culture that influencer influencers right. are perpetuating and how like actually she's kind of been like tearing it apart. And like a lot of people have been just kind of like calling out like the Kardashians, the toxicity and no hate towards them. They they're trying to make their money. That's their business. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That is what it is. Yeah, is it negative? It. It's very negative. But yeah, but what's it's like we have gotten to the point where like you you don't even know what people look like anymore. I mean, people are getting catfished all day long because you right. face in your face right. to a point that you're like, and I love it though, because there's people who are like this is me on Instagram and this is me in real life. And it's like, right. you're a different person. Like, this is insane. Like, so, right. so do you see how like identity on every single level from your gender to your sexuality to like, I, I mean, just everything, your even, looks, your, face, your looks, like something as simple as like your looks. It's like, yeah, I, and, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's how are, what, like, like, how are you ever going to feel good enough when there's 15 filters that make you look like something you really don't look like? I mean, I just right. watched that whole Manti Teo documentary What's and, oh, uh, whoa, he was like the hugest football player in high school and college. Um, and um, he basically got, because he, you know, it's interesting. On one hand, he was, maybe he was a little dumb. He was very, he's a Christian boy. I think a virgin was very naive to being catfished. It's sort of the mm-hmm. first time the word catfish it was used. They, that's wow. sort of the experience that introduced us to the whole term catfishing. You got to watch it. It's on Netflix, I think. Um, I think it, or Hulu, one of those. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Ma- Manti Teo. It's crazy, Christina. It's crazy. He literally gets catfished by a guy who creates a whole identity based on a girl that he went to high school with. Um, not <gasps> the, 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 that the, the guy who was doing the catfishing went to high school with pretended to be something completely different all through this guy's college experience, preyed <gasps> on this guy's immaturity and naivete and his goodness, his goodness. Cause he's a really good human. You can see that. Right. And destroyed this guy. Like destroyed him. It's a huge, it became a huge story in the press. Then people were laughing at him. They questioned and thought he was involved in it. Like it's a crazy story. And I, and then this person is in the documentary talking about it. Like, yeah, and I did this, but you know, I kind of regret this, but, and I'm looking at this documentary going, I want to blow this person in the head. Like how horrible this human, this, this dude in his struggle to be a woman and come out as whatever he 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 wanted to be like he destroyed this other person's life. Mm. I don't understand how people aren't really upset about that. Like it's yeah. so when you watch it, you're gonna you're gonna be ticked off like me. You're gonna be on the ceiling. <laughs> I probably gonna watch it. I know you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You yeah. gotta watch it. You're gonna be but, on the ceiling. But, okay, okay. But now you see the power of identity, right? Yeah. What it's able to do to others. I mean, so that even makes me think of like, dude, if I were to like not find my identity in Christ. If I, let's say, and, and it, it, may, it may not have even been malicious, but like, I'm thinking like, if I'm not like actually living a life that is true to like who God created me to be, you know, as I'm growing in that, like the question is like, could that be dangerous? Could that be weaponized? Could that actually not, I don't know. It's just a question. I'm not saying either way, but that it just makes me think, oh man, 
in like your search for identity, if you're doing it not with the Lord, could it actually be more dangerous to those around you than beneficial? And I don't know. That's yes. just the question I want to throw out there. Yes, 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 yes. And the even reason- if it's not malicious, right? I mean, like, because yeah. what if I was over here pretending to be someone else? Like, yeah. like, think of that. Like, how is that going to affect my children, That's- my husband, my friends, you? If I was being not yes. authentic on Girl Club, would that yes. hurt you? I mean, sure, because you're you're lifting up an example that's not tried, tested, and true, and really embraced and believed by you. You know, and or you're living out something that is a lie that you really believe, but you're encouraging other people to grab onto that lie and believe it too. And that's why I hate a lot of these policies that we're trying to put in schools, where we're sort of you know, a lot of these school districts are trying to force belief systems on other people's children. And, um, you know, like basically, you know, if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this going, this is a lie, you're twisted and crazy and this is wrong. And you want to force this on my child. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm really happy that my son is, you know, is grown because I'd be in prison today. You know, if I had a young child in school and, and, you know, I could look out for it when my, cause my, I'm already vocal enough with about my nieces and nephews and the, the things that they go through in the schools um, in California, especially right now. And mm. yeah, no, I think, listen, if the enemy's after our identity, and this is a good place to close today, Satan's after our identity in Christ. He's after our identity because if we walk as we were created by God to walk, if we live as we were created by God to live, if we love as we were created by God to love, we're dangerous to the kingdom of darkness, division, disunity, lack, fear, despair, hopelessness. We're dangerous to the enemy of our lives, right? And so the greatest thing that the enemy will always go after and attack is our identity. Because if he can get us off there, he can get the entire culture and the and an entire society and an entire planet off, you know, off its mission, off its purpose, off its axis, off its beauty. And, mm. and I think, you know, that's why for those of us who are believers, who do root our identity in Christ, you know, and in the belief that, you know, we really accept what the Bible says in beginning, you know, he created the heavens and the earth. He created them both male and female. He created everything, you know? And I think when you embrace that as your truth, it enables you to embrace others, but it also helps you to see how a lot of really bad, destructive things are trying to destroy people that, you know, deserve and need love, you know? Mm-hmm they need truth. Yeah. They need guidance, you know? And, and uh, I mean, and I'm not being, you know, right. If you're an unbeliever and you're watching this, I mean, I'm sure your thought is, well, you know, who are you to say that you know what truth is and who are you to say, well, look, all I know is Jesus. All I know is the word of God. I know a bit about a lot of other religions and a lot of other things because I explored all of them before I went right back to Bible basics, you know? 
And I can honestly say in my experience and in numerous experiences I've seen all around my life, there is no power in any other name except the name of Jesus. No one ever goes out and says, in the name of Buddha, you're, I, you know, I command you to get up and walk. You're healed. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You know, there's power in the name of Jesus and the enemy knows that. And that's why he wants to uh, rape all of us of our identity and our relationship and understanding of that name, period. And he uses everything he can to do that. You know, he'll partner with the negative thoughts in our own mind that he throws in that we may be accepting and embracing and partnering with. He'll partner with confusion in our life where there's an open door or an open area of confusion and questioning, which we all have at some point or another. He'll partner with the transitional seasons of our life where we feel like we're in a barren wilderness and nothing's going on except the rent. You know, he'll partner with all of it. He'll partner with our fear. He'll partner with our doubt. He'll partner with our insecurities. He'll partner with our inability to love each other because he's gay, she's straight, she's black, she's white, she's rich, she's poor. He'll partner with all that nonsense to keep us from really and truly understanding the power of the name of Jesus, mm. you know? And the way we win is to actually get back on it, you know, get back in the word. We, the way we win is to know and identify what he will do so that we know and identify what our God will do in response, because our victory is assured. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good. So don't okay. quit. Don't so don't up. quit. Don't <laughs> give up. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's it simple, is. but it's true. Don't quit. It is. Yeah. Well, guys, you know, we've hit the hour mark for today. So um, it is time for us to fly. But I just want to thank you for joining us here on Girl Club this week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Um, don't forget to tell a couple of friends to join us. And if you're listening on Life, um, Life Source or One Place or any other streams, please uh, tune in through Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel because this is where you can send in your comments and you can interact with us. You can ask your questions. Um, we love our regulars who comment all the time. And um, if you're listening on podcasts, please comment. Um, help us to grow by commenting and uh, supporting us. And we are available on Life Audio, on podcast, and all other podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And thank you um, everywhere for, um, and thank you to Life Audio for hosting us. Um, there's a lot of great programs on Life Audio. So check them out as you check us out. And for this week, we are checking out. So thanks, Christina. Oh, yeah, love you. Thanks. Yeah, love you too. Thanks for being in studio today. All right, everybody. This is Girl Club. Peace out until next week. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. 
As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.